The first play of the new theater season for the Cranford Dramatic Club is being rehearsed right now. It's called Assassins, and we're joined today by several people that are involved with the play. Alan Van Antwerp, who is the director, Richard Colonna, Zach Love, and Matt Burns. Well, Alan, why don't we start off with you, giving us a little bit of an overview of the play for those who might not be familiar with it. So Assassins is a Stephen Sondheim musical uh, written in the early 90s. Uh, It's a vignette musical, so there's a series of scenes and musical numbers that put into context uh, the assassinations uh, of every president um, and the people who were behind them, either successful or unsuccessful attempts uh, at assassination. So we have all the way from Lincoln up through uh, President Reagan in the 80s. So it's every single uh, assassination attempts, successful and unsuccessful, and a series of vignettes and scenes and songs. Sounds like kind of a dark topic for a play. Uh, <laughs> tell me, why, why would someone write a musical about assassinations or attempted assassinations of presidents? So there's this interesting aspect of the show about uh, we're going through the election right now, uh, and we go through, or I would say normal people go through the peaceful transition of power. Uh, So we go through the primary process and we elect another president. The uh, 10 men and women who are featured, or the nine men and women who are featured in the show, uh, decided to take a different route and they felt like their voices weren't being heard and they needed to take a violent transition of power. Uh, The musical was based off of an idea of a short story by Charles Gilbert that uh, Stephen Sondheim was fascinated with, and he thought that this would be an interesting way to look, uh, using musicals, it would be an interesting way to look at these stories and a chance to tell these stories. And I know that when people come see the show, even though it's a dark show, uh, they leave with some more historical context and some information that they wouldn't have gotten and using song and using these scenes and some comedy even in the show, uh, you get a lot of context about who these people were and why they did what they did. You mentioned before this obviously is an election year, a presidential election year. And this is the first play of the season for the CDC, which puts it right in the middle of that election process. Was that planned? Yes. So uh, I've wanted to do the show for seven years now uh, since I was in college. I've dreamt about doing the show and I've dreamt about doing it specifically during an election year. Uh, And at CDC, our first show happens to coincide really well with uh, the, the election season. And I think it's just a reminder that there are people out there who given, you know, if they have access to weapons, feel like they want to take action into their own hands. And I'm sort of saying that uh, the best way to transition power is not through violence, but through democracy. And I think that's this show is a reminder of the power of democracy and what it can do uh, just by giving us this cautionary tales or these cautionary tales of men and women who decided not to take that avenue. Richard, your character, the proprietor, is one of the fictional characters in this. Tell me a little bit about the proprietor's uh, role in this play. Well, he, uh, you 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 nailed it with uh, him being sort of nondescript and um, fictional, and I see him as this. He's sort of like a time traveler in a real in a weird way. He he's the person that lures and baits these individuals so he can bring them to this moment in time where that that switch is flipped. And that could have been 
maybe from an event. It could have been a lifetime of things leading up to that moment. It could have been uh, due to an influencer, but whatever agenda the proprietor has, his main purpose in life is to flip that switch so that they then take this new path and, is, and, and plants that seed so that it does take root. Zach, tell me again your character, a name that uh, doesn't necessarily ring a bell. Yeah, so um, Leon Sholgosh is actually the assassin of President Will McKinley. Um, he's one of the successful assassins in the show. Um, and the interesting thing um, I think about uh, Leon Sholgosh is that um, unlike some of the other assassins in the in the show that are showcased where it's sort of there might be something uh, mentally unstable or they're shown to be kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, crazy, um, Leon Sholgosh actually... Um, and Alan and I have discussed this, is actually probably one of the more normal people in the show. Um, so the interesting thing about playing a character that in this band of crazy people, or ha how history sees them as crazy, um, Sholgosh is actually a very um, sane and sometimes um, well-tempered person. He did have some uh, anger management issues, and that's where the bulk of his... Um, the bulk of his claim to why he assassinated Will McKinley comes from. It comes from the fact that for as well-tempered as he was and for as, um, you know, patient as he was in trying to um, establish better conditions for the people um, that were coming from the same place as him, these workers that had um, not great conditions to work in nor to live in, and they weren't seen as important in the world at that time. Um, for as much as he tried to showcase that they were important, his voice wasn't heard, and that's what leads him to um, assassinate Will McKinley. Um, it's not something that goes wrong in his head and something that kind of like snaps and and you know turns him crazy. It's an actual drive to to make himself heard in a way that a lot of these people who are coming from the same place as him want to be heard, but no one's listening. Um, and it kind of, in my opinion gives off this message of maybe needing to listen a little more clearly to the people who are talking. Um, right now there's a huge thing going on with, you know, people during this election kind of pushing other people to the side and saying, well, you know, you're part of this generation or you're part of that generation. So maybe you don't need to be heard. And, you know, maybe there's something from another, from another place that we need to hear. But this is why it's so important to hear all of these different voices because it's the voice that isn't heard that eventually makes the biggest impact, I think. Matt, tell me about your character, if you would, please. I'm uh, portraying a gentleman by the name of Sam Bick, who uh, in 1974 uh, attempted to assassinate President Richard Nixon. Uh, and his method of doing so was to hijack uh, an airliner, a commercial airliner from Baltimore Washington Airport and attempt to uh, crash it into the White House and thus assassinate the president. Uh, he's, he was unsuccessful. Uh, the plane actually never left the tarmac. Uh, he um, ended up killing himself and committing suicide in the cockpit after his plan just kind of fell apart. And it, from the beginning, it was uh, loosely put together not very well not very well thought out. Uh, Sam Bick is the type of, uh, he's just the type of guy who was a family man, married, had some children, uh, but was also a lower, lower middle class individual who was down on his luck, had some failures in some jobs throughout his life, uh, which just mounted more and more in his mind. 
and uh, and how things were working for him. Uh, and then he finally got to the point where he applied for a small business loan through the Small Business Administration and the government in D.C., and uh, he was denied that loan. And that seemed to be the final straw for him. Uh, he was several times he was uh, picketing in front of the White House uh, in a Santa Claus uh, costume, which is uh, why I wear a Santa Claus costume that's pretty dirty uh, during the course of the production. It's also very funny. Uh, but he's just one of these disgruntled uh, individuals. There's, there's a lyric in uh, one of the songs in the show where where it talks about um, men who lead lives of quiet desperation. And this is a show about men and women who have these lives of quiet desperation, whatever their gripe is, whatever their beef is with society, with government, with someone. They're just disgruntled, and they want uh, they want their prize. They want to get even. They want something out of life that's better than the life they've been given. So they're trying to find a way to do it, and my character picks a pretty insane way to do it and get attention, and he failed. This Some of these assassinations, both successful and unsuccessful, have taken place during the lives of people who will be watching the play. Uh, in some cases, uh, folks are going to remember Lee Harvey Oswald, uh, the two assassination attempts on President Ford, and the almost successful assassination t- attempt on President Reagan. And yet there will also be people in the audience who don't remember any of that. They were born after these events happened, or at least before they could remember those events taking place. Do you think that it's going to have a different impact depending on what generation you are and maybe what you remember of these historic events? Uh, Yeah, I do. There's a song at the end of the show um, after the assassination of President Kennedy that's called Something Just Broke, which speaks to how people react uh, at certain moments, uh, pivotal moments, the specific moment being how everyone knows exactly what they were doing when President Kennedy got shot. And although uh, some people in the cast were not around when President Kennedy got shot, that song and what we're going to do with that song show, shows what the world was like and how people reacted to it. And I think everyone who comes to see the show, because it's definitely PG-13, um, uh, everyone who comes to see the show at least has a, they have a tragic moment in their mind of September 11th. Um, and that sort of being completely frozen and shocked at these events and horrified by any of these events is what united a country and also really crippled the spirit of, of the country, which is what it gets into uh, throughout the show and how we're producing the show um, by showing that the Kennedy assassination more than any of the other ones is the one that really uh, hurt the nation with such a young uh, president who was so optimistic and so uh, focused on the future to get slain when he was at his you know his young age with young kids was really devastating for the nation. So I think even if you aren't familiar with any or all the assassinations, or even if you weren't alive for them, uh, you still get a real chilling sense, uh, especially when you hear of the successful attempts of what it means and the gravity of that situation. Richard, somebody who comes out at the end of this show, do you think they have any sympathy for these people who were assassins? Or is it just a better understanding, perhaps, of what motivated them? I think a bit of both. I think we are, as human beings, fascinated by what brings someone to that point. I mean, we've had a very tough year. 
it, not just in this country, but globally. And we all step back and say, you know, what, what, why did that happen? Why did that person do that? And you, you see all the news reporters interviewing the family members and the neighbors, and they're saying so-and-so was a really nice guy. He was a great family man. He took care of his kids or, or, you know, he was the class clown. And then we say, well, how could that have happened? And that ties to what I was saying about that moment in time. So I think, um, you know, the, the, it's fascinating that we are fascinated by this whole concept and, and that people are human. And I think there's something in a weird way endearing about every single one of them because they want to be fed. Really what it comes down to is every single one of them is lacking something in their lives. They need to be fed, and this event is what feeds them. And the proprietor is, is to tap in, is, is, his purpose is to tap into that, to make them recognize that void so that they can use this event, the killing of a president or an assassination, so that they become whole. And that alone is fascinating, and we're all looking and searching for that thing that's going to make us happy. In, in, in this world. And I think that's kind of, I think that will ring true, that will resonate with anyone who sees this, whether they lived during these assassinations or not. Zach, you're the youngest person here out of this group of five people. So I don't think you would remember any of these assassination attempts, but you do recall 9-11? Uh, yes, I do. Um, it's interesting. I'm actually the youngest person in this cast right now as well. Um, so to be a part of this cast as someone who um, who hasn't lived through any of these assassinations or, or some of these hard times, it's interesting because what I pull from a lot is my experience during, um, during 9-11. I was only seven years old at that point in time. Um, but what's interesting is that I remember that day very vividly. Um, and it's a conversation that I've had with a lot of people that, you know, we were all very young individuals and we didn't know what was going on. The thing I remember most vividly is I got taken out of school. Um, my grandpa came to pick me up and, and the only thing I remember is that I went to, or the, the most vivid thing I remember is he came, picked me up and we went home and I went to my neighbor's house. Um, but I remember that that day being so different than every other day from the moment you woke up to the moment you went to bed. Um, my uncle lives in New York and, and thankfully, you know, the, the, um, the events didn't individually, you know, affect him in terms of he was safe. Everything that was going on didn't, um, alter his health or anything in that way. But just the idea that we weren't safe for a moment in time and this idea that, um, that, for as great of a country as, you know, we, we claim to be, and we are a great country, but we're not immortal. And I think that sometimes we're portrayed that way, you know, especially during this election, there's a lot of talk, especially from just, you know, everywhere of, you know, well, if so-and-so were to be elected, like, you know, bad things would happen and we throw it out there so easily and doing this show, it's made me realize, and I think would, it would make everyone realize coming to see it that like, we throw these things out so nonchalantly and we say these things as if, you know, they're just a fiction and a moment that we say might happen, but never will. But there were times in history that these things happened and they shaped our country and they shaped the way the world is today. Um, and an event like nine 11 is something that even for a seven year old changed the perspective on what our country was. So this is entirely important for everyone who comes to see it to, to take away that.
that there's not a moment in history that doesn't affect each and every one of us. Matt, I don't know. Are you, were you old enough to remember JFK's assassination? I was six months old at the time, and I remember uh, the story. I don't remember it uh, being six months old, but I remember my mother uh, telling me that we were uh, downtown uh, in Plainfield, New Jersey, at a store called Bamberger's, which was a clothing uh, variety type store. And she was in there with me in the carriage, and we were shopping, uh, and it happened, and then it was just all over the news and everything, and how she went home immediately that day. So I I, uh, I was alive for the Kennedy assassination. I also remember, uh, as I was growing up, uh, going into my attic to play, and I came across boxes of... Uh, of memorabilia from my parents that they had saved through the years. And in this one particular box, they had saved all of the uh, newspaper articles from a period of time from the day that Kennedy was assassinated through uh, three days later when uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was shot and killed. And then the funeral that followed and and national uh, mourning. So I was able to kind of glean information out of all of these newspaper articles and learn about it at a very, very young age. Uh, but beyond that, I also remember the, I remember Reagan, I remember Ford, I mean, the attempts on their lives, and uh, of course 9/11 when that happened, and how that was. Uh, I remember thinking when 9/11 happened that it was it was another turning point for our country, similar to uh, December 7th, 1941, when uh, the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, and how it just woke us up as a nation, and let us know that we were not immune to the problems of the world, that the problems of the world can come to our doorstep and that times they do come in and that we need to be prepared for these and we need to understand how to deal with them when they do happen. Alan, can you tell us when the play is going to be held and how people can get tickets? So Assassins is at the CDC Theater on 78 Winans Ave in Cranford, New Jersey. Uh, It opens Friday, October 7th, and it runs three weekends. Uh, We have shows October 7th, October 14th, October 21st. Those are the Fridays at 8 o'clock. We also have shows on Saturdays, October 8th. 15th and 22nd at 8 o'clock, and we this year have a special Saturday matinee at 1 o'clock p.m. That's different than what we usually have done. Uh, So on the 15th, there are two shows. There's a 1 o'clock and an 8 o'clock show. And they can visit our website at www.cdctheater, that's theater, R-E at the end, uh, .org for more information. Alan, Zach, Richard, Matt, thank you all very much for your time this evening. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you.